Come on in, everybody, and welcome to another episode of From the Top. My name is Jake Lewis. I am your host. On this book cast, I will read you the first chapter of a YA or middle grade novel and hope that you like it so much that you want to keep reading it on your own or pick up an audiobook and continue with the story to find out where it goes. This week, we are continuing with our November theme of reading books from Indigenous authors. And today we're going to hear How I Became a Ghost by Tim Tingle. What a great name, Tim Tingle. And this is the first book in the series, How I Became a Ghost. And you're getting it right here on From the Top. So as we begin our show each week, we do the reading reflection, where I look back on the chapter we read last week and offer any added insight or thoughts I have in the days that we have had between that show and this. So here is this week's reading reflection. Whenever I finish one of these podcasts and publish it for you, I don't just walk away from it and move on to the next one. I will often finish the book that I have started with you on this show. But I also listen back to each podcast because when you hear something a second time or read something a second time, watch a movie again or a TV show, you might get something out of it that you didn't the first time around or even the first few times if you read it multiple times. And that was the case here. Last week, when I was reading to you, If I Ever Get Out of Here by Eric Gansworth, I told you that I was a little bit confused by the mother character. In that first chapter, the narrator's mother is quite upset because at the beginning of the story, he has chopped off his long braid that is very important to his Indian identity. And the reason he's done that is part of the reason, at least, is that he doesn't want to stick out and be a novelty, as he calls it, in his new middle school, where he is one of only a few Indian reservation students there. And at the time, I was confused because his mother was upset with him, certainly, for chopping off his braid. But earlier on, she had said that she doesn't want him to be seen as a novelty. So what you would think then, process of logic, is that if she doesn't want him to be seen as a novelty, that she would be okay with him cutting off his braid because then he would not be as unique. He would not stand out as much. And the more I thought about it, I realized, well, you can have both. You can have someone say they don't want you to be a novelty. They don't want you to be seen as, ooh, something different. But they can also want you to keep a certain part of your identity, too. So at the time, for some reason, that idea did not click in my head. But thankfully, because I listened to it again and I thought more about it again, I kind of saw that the mother can definitely feel both ways uh, and still be a realistic character. 
And here it comes, this week's Attack of the Blurb! In the Attack of the Blurb, I select a few key words or phrases from the summary offered on the back of the book, or if it's a hardcover, if it's a new book, the inside dust jacket. And this week's book is called How I Became a Ghost by Tim Tingle. And here it is, The Attack of the Blurb. Choctaw. Removal. Journey. Oklahoma. Ghost. And help. That is this week's Attack of the Blurb. And now let's begin How I Became a Ghost, the first book in the series, How I Became a Ghost, by Tim Tingle. Chapter 1, Talking Ghost, Choctaw Nation, Mississippi, 1830. Maybe you have never read a book written by a ghost before. I am a ghost. I am not a ghost when this book begins, so you have to pay very close attention. I should tell you something else. I see things before they happen. You are probably thinking, I wish I could see things before they happen. Be careful what you wish for. I'm 10 years old, and I'm not a ghost yet. My name is Isaac, and I have a mother and a father and a big brother, Luke. I have a dog, too. His name is Jumper, and he is my best friend. We go everywhere together. We swim in the river together. We chase chickens together. Make sure Jumper does not catch any chickens, my mother always yelled from the back porch. Why can't Jumper catch chickens? I asked my father one evening as we sat on the porch watching the stars. That's your mother's rule, he said. But why? Because Jumper won't wait for the chickens to be cooked, he said. He'll chew the chickens and choke on the bones and bloody feathers. Would you want to eat bloody feathers? No, I said. Good rule. Then make sure Jumper follows it. Okay, I said, which means okay in Choctaw. Jumper and I, we take long walks in the woods together. We tug weeds from the corn stalks together. And we spend the day and night together. No dogs in your bed. This was another rule of my mother's. But Jumper was smart. He waited until my mother fell asleep. Then he climbed under the covers with me. In the morning, when he heard my mother making noise in the kitchen, he jumped out of bed. Maybe she knew Jumper broke the rule. Maybe she smiled and let him get away with it. She was a good mother, and we had a happy life, mostly. I had too many chores and too little free time, but I knew if I could just wait till I grew up, I'd have all the free time I wanted. Then came the day that changed everything. Without any warning, I saw the ghosts. I also saw things before they happened. My father rose early that morning, long before sunrise. He left the house while it was still dark. He carried his shotgun and his bag of shotgun shells, so I knew he was going hunting. I finished my chores and started tossing mud balls against the barn wall. Jumper barked and chased the mud balls, but only for a little while. I'm bored, Jumper said. Let's chase chickens. (laughs) 
do you ever get like this where you're reading and you kind of like get into a flow? Maybe even your mouth is moving and you're hearing the words, but your brain kind of disengages for a little bit. That's sort of what happened to me right here. Not that it was bad writing or anything. I'm enjoying the story, but I just got kind of comfortable with it. And then Tim Tingle, you, you crazy guy, you, you threw me for a loop because I don't know if you caught it, but here's our narrator throwing mud balls, whatever those are. I'm going to guess they're balls made of mud, throwing mud balls at the barn wall. That does sound kind of fun. And he, and uh, Jumper, the dog says, I'm bored. Let's chase chickens. When I was reading that to you, I had to actually like look back and see if I screwed up as in like, did it really say Jumper said it did. So the dog's talking. Uh, we've seen actually another story uh, recently where animals talk. I'm seeing a trend. Um, but let's now find out if the boy can hear him. I'm going to guess he can. But can anybody else? Time will tell. <laughs> I'm bored, Jumper said. Let's chase chickens. We were on our way to the chicken pen when I saw my father coming home from the woods. He was carrying only his shell bag and his shotgun, so I knew something was wrong. Usually, he returned with a wild turkey or sometimes a deer. He never returned from a hunting trip with nothing. He walked through the back door and I followed him. He didn't say a word to me, just held up his hand to let me know I should stay outside. I listened through the door. We must move, my father told my mother. What do you mean we must move? My mother said, you better move. Go back to the woods and catch us something to eat. She was laughing. No, said my father. And he was not laughing. There is treaty talk in town. We must move. I was only 10, but I knew what treaty talk meant. Okay, it's a good thing that uh, our narrator knows what treaty talk is, because I don't. So hopefully he's about to tell us what treaty talk is. And I also wanted to say that when I was reading this, and I saw that uh, his father was coming home carrying only a shell bag and a shotgun, and the narrator says, so I knew something was wrong, I was asking myself, what's wrong? I don't know what that indicates. And thankfully, the author goes on in the next paragraph to tell us why it's wrong, because he's empty handed. So hopefully he'll do the, uh, the same thing here. Whatever this treaty talk is, it will be explained to me. Otherwise, I might feel like I'm, I should know it and I'm just not smart enough to know it. Or I might just have to wait till later on when it will be explained to me. But I'm guessing that since this is a middle grade novel, we're going to get our answers pretty quickly. Uh, one hopes. Oh, and by the way, he sometimes brings back deer. Have you ever had venison? If you're a vegetarian, that's fine. I admire that. I don't think I could ever do that. But if you're not a vegetarian, get yourself some venison. Mm -mm -mm. All right, back to the story. I was only 10, but I knew what treaty talk meant. It meant the Nahulos wanted something. Nahulos were people that lived a few miles away. They were not Choctaws like us. We were nice to them, and they were nice to us. But treaty talk always meant something else, and that something else was never nice. My father took my mother by the hand, and she gave him a strange look. He led her to their room, closing the door behind them. I was afraid of treaty talk, and I didn't want to listen. Not anymore. 
maybe it will all go away, I thought. You never know when your life is about to change. Treaty talk is why I became a ghost. And that's it. That is chapter one of How I Became a Ghost by Tim Tingle. So this is a more of a middle grade novel rather than uh, a YA novel, which basically means it's for um, upper elementary, lower middle school versus upper middle school, lower high school, like young adult literature. So that sometimes means that the chapters are uh, slightly shorter to accommodate for, uh, you know, shorter tension spans and uh, readers who might not be as ready to have a lot of detail and exposition because this this sure does get right into it. So now it's the part of the program called three, two, one. Starting with three things I liked about this first chapter or uh, three thoughts I had. So first of all, I like how it begins, where it is the author, sorry, the character, because there is a difference, probably, the character talking directly to the reader. In that first paragraph that I read to you, he says, maybe you have never read a book written by a ghost before. And that's part of the reason, I think, why I first said author, because it sounds like this character wrote a book about being a ghost. I, I highly doubt Tim Tingle is a ghost, but maybe that would be kind of cool. I don't know any other ghost authors uh, that exist. So that's the first thing that I like about it. They break the fourth wall, which is just an expression, meaning it's kind of like they're reaching out through the book, talking in second person directly to you, the reader, pulling you in right away. The second thing that I uh, liked about the book is and I said this in one of our little breaks, I like that I am already making connections that are text to text between this book and uh, one that we read two weeks ago, which was called A Lots Away. In A Lots Away, it is also about a native person who can predict things before they happen and also has a, a companion, an animal that doesn't necessarily talk, but has special abilities as well. I don't want to spoil that one for you if you haven't heard that episode. That is available if you'd like. And instead of saying, oh, that's unoriginal, I tend to look at it as something that might be a custom, something that might be uh, a sort of a storytelling uh, thing among Native people. This idea of being able to see things or being able to communicate after somebody or something that you love is gone. And that's kind of a nice thought, isn't it? That you're able to continue uh, spending time with a person in maybe a different form. So that similarity between these two books is something that I that I enjoy because each one is doing it a little bit differently. We don't exactly know what this character's gift for the beyond is in a lots of way we get right to it that she has this uh, sixth sense where she feels something is 
wrong and, and acts on it right away. Her uh, dead dog Kirby in that book also helps her kind of get the plot moving. But here instead, we have just the events happening in this uh, boy's community as a means of moving the story forward, which will turn him into a ghost. And Alatsue is not a ghost, at least not in the first chapter of that book. So that is the second thing I like about it. And the third uh, thing I thought about and I and I liked about it is there was a, a sentence or two that was kind of sad to me. Uh, it was where he was talking about his mother who uh, makes all these rules, as parents do, right? And sometimes uh, the rules are kind of silly, like no dogs in your bed. I'm sure there's a reason for that and why parents have any of their rules. But I liked how the mother, you know, doesn't really take all of her rules seriously even, where she knows that the dog is jumping into the bed at night because, you know, parents check on kids at night, most certainly. Um but she lets it slide with a with a little wink. And in his narration, this character says that uh, she was a good mother and and we had a happy life mostly. Uh, but I knew if I could just wait till I grew up, I'd have all the free time I wanted. And that that kind of pulls on my heartstrings because here he is telling his story from the great beyond. And, uh, you know, that's that's a sad idea that. Um, you know, maybe his mother did not uh, live up to her motherly responsibilities, protecting your children, keeping them safe. I don't know. We have to keep reading to find out. But just that he is a child and looking back on this, uh, it's sad that uh, he realizes that at that time he thought he had all the time in the world when he doesn't. Okay, two questions I have after reading this short chapter, first chapter of How I Became a Ghost by Tim Tingle. I asked this question when I took a break in between, but who else can hear Jumper the dog speak? And why can he speak? Do all the animals in this story speak, if there are other animals? Do the chickens that they're about to catch speak? Who knows? So that's my first question. Why does this author have a dog speak? It must be for a reason. It's not just because he felt like it. And then the second question I have, and probably you do too, is I want to know more about this whole treaty thing. A treaty is an agreement, usually, but treaty talk that the father is uh, bringing back to the mother sounds pretty serious. So. Where are we going to go from here? Is there going to be a story about uh, a big battle? This is 1830, by the way. I don't know if you caught that at the beginning. Choctaw Nation, Mississippi, 1830. So maybe there's a battle of some sort. I don't know. Maybe it's an actual historical battle. And that's what this story is about. It takes a historical fiction slant to it. We'd have to keep reading to find out or maybe do some research. Or, or what? How is this treaty going to affect uh, our character and our story. Those are the two questions I have.
And for one thing I learned, I sort of already knew this, but I, I think that uh, the books that we have featured on the podcast this month really reminds me that um, some people, including myself, I'll admit, will group Native Americans and Indians kind of all together as, as one entity. And what I learned from this and the, and the past few books that we read this month uh, on the show is that they are very diverse. They might have some things in common, uh, such as, you know, their care of the earth and perhaps their views on certain things like the afterlife, as we've seen between the Lotsoe and, and this book here and animals and what have you. But there are many tribes and they are all quite different. Of course they are. And so it's uh, silly and naive of anyone to think that, you know, all Native Americans are the same. Not only do they live in different parts of the country, uh, they have different ways of living. So I, I enjoy the education that these books are giving me, what I'm learning from these books and uh, some of their histories as well. Last week, as I said, in um, If I Ever Get Out of Here, we learn about uh, a boy's family living on a reservation in the 1970s in oh, uh, Idaho, I believe. And a lot so away was in uh, Montana, I think, or, or somewhere in Washington, maybe. Uh, and this is here in Oklahoma. Uh, sorry, Mississippi. Excuse me, Mississippi. Uh, I thought Oklahoma because in the um, attack of the blurb, Oklahoma somehow features into this that we have yet to see. Uh, so they are as diverse as their locations, and uh, it's always good to be reminded of that. For our final part of the show this week, it is the Jayco Meter, where I give the book a score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being hated it and 10 being loved it. I will probably rate this book so far just at a six, which is, I think, one of the lowest ratings uh, I've given a book so far. So this just goes to show that I don't just pick books that I adore. Uh, but part of the reason for my six is it's sort of a double-edged sword that uh, the chapter seems too short to me. Sure, I can keep reading, and that's what I intend to do. And I think that's probably part of the reason why the chapters are so short. So you don't look at a chapter and you're like, oh gosh, this is going to be 10, 12, 20 pages, whatever, and uh, not want to read it because you get overwhelmed by it. So in a way, it's a good thing. In a way, it's a, it's a bad thing because just as I'm starting to get into it, boom, the chapter ends. Now, really, I mean, it's just like move my eyes to the right, to the next page to, uh, to continue the adventure. That's, that's one of the reasons why I'm a little iffy on it. And this is just a second reason I'm a little insecure about is because, uh, and maybe you're like this too, this whole treaty talk. And, you know, when you are reading about things in books or watching them in TV shows and movies that are sort of like important to the central idea of the story and you have no idea what it is, you're coming in at a slight disadvantage. You, you feel maybe like you're being kind of left out, that you don't know what's going on. You might get an added sense of confusion. Now, I will guarantee, without having even read the rest of the book, that it's going to all make sense to us, uh, whether we are a part of the Choctaw Nation like these characters or not. 
that Tim Tingle, as an author, knows that people who don't know about Indian life is going to have to explain it to us, uh, even if it's something that he and others in his community have grown up with. But still, I do feel a little bit insecure when it's uh, talking about something I don't know anything about. That is also part of the reason why I like books like this, because that sense of learning something and expanding my worldview is something I'm very much interested in, because I don't want to be closed-minded and uh, just kind of stuck in my own ways. So it's always fun for me to see how other communities and peoples uh, live. And uh, so I'm open to the challenge. And that is my reason for the Jacometer. And sadly, that brings us to yet another end of From the Top all too soon. But we will be back next Monday with another episode, another first chapter of a YA or middle grade novel. Hope you will join us then. This week's book, once again, was called How I Became a Ghost by Tim Tingle. It is the first book in the series, How I Became a Ghost. And if you head out to your local library or independent bookstore and grab a copy and read the rest of it, let me know what you think. You can send that to me in an email or any question, comment, and book request to fromthetopbookcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you know when the latest episode or bonus episode becomes available. We'll notify you about that. Until next time, my name is Jake Lewis. I will see you again from the top.